0: There are the joyful agains, our children shout on the swings, the exhausting agains of cooking and laundry, and the difficult agains of discipline. So much of what we do as mothers is on repeat. So what if we woke up with clarity, knowing which agains we were called to, and went to bed believing we are faithful in what matters most? We believe God's word is the key to untangle from the confusion and overwhelm we feel. Let's look up together to embrace a motherhood full of freedom and joy. Hi there, patient listeners. We're grateful you came back for part three of an incredible testimony. This is the Again Podcast brought to you from Interested Ministries. And I'm your host, Stephanie Hickox. This episode, I'm once again joined by Jen Freckman as she shares a truly remarkable story in which God grew her heart, not just to have another child in her home but grew her heart to serve mothers in difficult situations. If you haven't had a chance to listen to part one and part two, go listen to those and then come back to this episode. And if you've been along for the ride, I know you're on the edge of your seat waiting for what's going to happen. Not only will Jen share in this episode how the story continued, she also shares the truly practical, insightful wisdom about how to speak about adoption in her home that the Lord has given her through the years. And also, how to continue to serve children and mothers in need. She gives very practical advice so that we can all honor scripture and be the hands and feet of Christ. Let's pick up in this incredible story. Jen and Eric are in the hospital waiting to hear if this will be the child that they bring into their home.
1: So, Eric and I laid on the hospital bed together, and I remember taking a selfie and being like, well, is she ours? I don't know. And we smiled and (laughs) took a picture. And soon enough, the agency worker came and said, she signed. She's yours. And I fell to the ground. I just was like, oh my gosh, she did. Where's the baby? (laughs) (laughs) So we went over and she said she signed and she's saying some goodbyes. She just wants a minute or two. And I was like, absolutely. She may have as long as she wants. But the second she's done, I want to go see her. (laughs) And so she didn't take too long. And we went in. And at that point, I had such relief and such joy. And she had relief and peace, but not joy. And so how do you contain yourself? Mm -hmm. So I remember just walking in being like, God, you've got to fill me. Give me the appropriate words. Give me the appropriate everything. I just need you mm-hmm. to do this. And we walked in and I gave her a hug and I just said I love you and she said I love you too and I said I just want you to know that I wrote you a letter. I think it was 4 days prior well, before I knew what she was going to do and I had committed to being her friend for life. I was like no matter what happens, I want to be her friend for life. I just adore you and I respect you because watching you go through this alone is just absolutely amazing to me. Absolutely. And so I gave her this card or this note that I had and I had a necklace made for her that said loved, which is that theme song, the title oh. of this theme song. And so I said, here's here's a little gift for you that I have that for this moment. I didn't know what it was going to look like, but I just wanted you to know that you are so loved. And so here's this. And she opened that. And then I just remember her saying, please tell her that I didn't want to do this, but I felt it was the best for her. And I needed to do this. And I was like, I'm not going to tell her. I want you to tell her that. Because you can know her. You, I'm not going to keep her from you. And I said, you tell her that. And she just started crying said, thank you. and But I said, I promise you that I will speak so highly of you anytime we talk about you and that I will honor your role in her life. I said, you loved her first and you loved her well enough to bring her into this world and to see her through finding a family that was going to absolutely love her and it was like an
0: incredible sacrifice.
1: It is an absolute mm-hmm. sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Absolute. So we hugged. She gave lots of kisses to Babe and asked me what we were going to name the baby. And I had said, well, I wanted to honor your middle name being K and my middle name being Lee. And so we named her Kaylee and she's, I love that. And I said, but wait, there's more. It's so cool because her middle name was going to be Joy because Olivia's was Joy. And I, that's just a thing in my family growing up. A lot of the girls have the middle name Joy, even though I don't, but (laughs) a lot of them do.
0: But you have the Joy for sure. (laughs) Uh,
1: And so her middle name was going to be Joy. And I looked up what Kaylee means and it means pure joy. And I was like, she is pure joy to us, absolute pure joy. And I am just so thankful that the Lord has done this and he orchestrated this in such a joyful way. She loved it, loved the name, loved all of it. And, and then the oddest thing in Indiana, when you are the, the person who, the, when you're the adoptive mom, you are the one that rides in the wheelchair with the baby on your lap. <laughs> And so here they put me in the wheelchair with the baby in the car seat on my lap and wheeled me out and have the birth mom who just gave birth walking. And I was like, no. And so we, she and I laughed about it because I was like, this is so weird. Are you right. sure? And she's, no, it's fine. I'm fine. I'll walk. And I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> so we hugged and said our goodbyes. But I said, this is not goodbye. This is see you again soon. We are in this. And like it or not, we're in this for life. We're together. Given her circumstances and being so alone, I'm sure there was so
0: much doubt Even though you had loved her so purely, her experience probably would have told her once you get what you want, you'll be gone. And so regardless of how beautifully you lived out a different reality, I'm sure that that was really hard for her to believe
1: at the moment. And on the flip side, I think that's what my friends had felt for us. She's getting what she wants now by having a friendship from you, and then she'll choose Either someone else or she'll choose to keep the baby and then mm-hmm. we'll be gone. And and so both sides, ironically, had a sense of doubt and sure. we had to trust each other. And it was weird. It was hard. But yet there was a peace there that only the Lord could bring. And... I think that even the hospital staff didn't know how to handle us. There were some nurses that were amazing and there were other nurses that were like not so amazing. And so I remember thinking, we need to, we need to give some training here to some of the hospitals as to how to handle birth mom and adoptive moms, because like right. they had never experienced that before. And, and, and I understand like there's a learning curve with all of it, but we left and we text and for the first I would say for the first two years, we were very consistent in texting and she started to come to church. I was like, anytime you want to see babe, you may come and join us at church. We'll go out to lunch afterward. And so she started to come to church with us every week and started to come to a thing called hope groups at our church for women who have gone through hard times and getting counsel. And she asked if I wanted to go with and We did. And we sat at the table. And I remember the people being like, so how do you guys know each other? And I just look at her. I was like, you want to tell her? Do you want (laughs) And she goes, "Uh, she adopted my baby. And people are like, "Uh, (laughs) they didn't know what to do with that. (laughs) But it was just so, so beautiful. We have such a special thing. It's so God. It's so beautiful. It was just so amazing. Now, fast forward, I think it might have been yesterday. I was texting her. Hey, I need an update. As we've gotten older and Life is getting busier with older kids and things are going on. I'm not texting as often, but she knows that any moment she could text me and ask me any question and I am texting her as often. I'm sending her pictures. Most often a couple of weeks will go by and I'll be like, oh, I don't think I've sent her any pictures lately. So I'll just quick send her some and be like, how are you? So just a sweet, sweet relationship. And I'm just so grateful. It is definitely beauty from ashes. It's an
0: incredible story, both for her and for you. Could you please share how the Lord has led you in talking to Kaylee about all of this? So much happened before she was even here, and how do you speak about her birth mother? How do you make her feel so chosen by this and battle some of the lies that a child might feel in this situation?
1: Yeah, that's great. So we talked often, we do talk often in our home about adoption. We talk about how the Lord adopted us and that God's heart is adoption. And we use the word adoption as often as we can in such positive ways. Oh, I would love to adopt this new habit. I would love to take this whatever it is. We we use adoption in positive terms often. And we talk okay. about how the Lord is good and he chose us even even before we were born, he knew who were his. And so mm-hmm. we know that God does all things well and he does all things good. And so God has a perfect plan for everyone. There is no B plan. And we talk about how God wrote her story and he wrote it beautifully and perfectly and that nothing was left out and nothing was wrong. And we celebrate her story often. I remember when she was an infant, I took her to our pediatrician and she whispered to me, which I found peculiar because she was a newborn, (laughs) but she whispered and said, are you going to tell her she's adopted? And I was like, yeah, I it never occurred to me that I might not tell her. And uh-huh. I said, there is nothing to be ashamed of. This is a beautiful thing. This is a God story like none other. Of course, I'm uh-huh. going to celebrate this story for her. And so we decided that God had written the best story for her. So we just took what God did and we put it into a book. And we made a little book and we call it God's Gift of Pure Joy. And we told the story in children's terms as to how a mommy and a daddy sent out postcards. And we found a tummy mommy that wanted to place their baby in adoption. And we tell the whole story. And we had it printed and illustrated, and we read it to her at night. We read it to her at different times on her birthday or whenever there's questions about things. And even as a six-month-old or a nine-month-old, we would read that to her. And as a little one, we would say, where's mommy? And she would point at it, where's dada? And she'd point at who it is, and "Where's, where's baby Kaylee? And she would point at all the people, and where's tummy mommy? And she would point at her and... It is just so sweet. And she will call her either Miss and then her name, or she'll say, my tummy mommy. We talk to her often about that. And it's really sweet because anytime in church when someone will say something about the verses that talk about adoption or there's a story of adoption, she will smile and be like, i am adopted. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. (laughs) So sweet. So there's a funny story because we, in our community... (laughs) I don't know if you've heard this story, but I just love it so much. We were taking one of our dear friends home and the son was in the car. And there's this song called I'm Adopted that we love to play and, and to listen to. And Kaylee loves it. And it's a really happy I'm Adopted, like really cheerful song.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so
1: we were playing this song and she said something like, yeah, I'm Adopted. And the kid was like, oh, yeah, that's funny. OK. And she looked at me. and She goes, no, I really am. I'm adopted. And he was like, no, you're not. You look just like your mom. You're not adopted. Yes, I am. Well, at this time, the whole car is laughing. So of course, he thinks we're all joking because we're all laughing so hard. And then he turns to Josiah and he's, are you adopted? He's, no, you're not adopted. He's, wait, who else is it? You're lying. And I was like, no, really, I'm telling you. She's adopted. It was so cute. And she was like, I am, I am. So Aww. it was really sweet. And it's funny when we're in the grocery store and someone will say things like, oh my goodness, she has your smile. And I just laugh and I'm like, yeah, she does. And she'll look at me and she'll be like, yep. And yeah, <laughs> when aw. we just talk about how God places you perfectly and he knows right. where to place you. And so he knew you were going to look somewhat like us. And, yes. and there, those are sweet things that I love. I love that. She just fits
0: so yeah. beautifully
1: with your family. She does. She does. Mm-hmm. It's so sweet. I'm not
0: thought to even use adopting a new habit and how that word could have, have such a positive connotation in so many situations. Yes. That is really wise. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Okay.
1: There is one thing that we try really hard to do. And sometimes when you're talking with people, maybe at the grocery store or different things, or even just friends will say, oh, have you spoken to her mom lately? And I will say, I'm her mom. But I have spoken with her birth mom. Yes. And she's doing this. And so I, especially around her, will always recorrect the person and say, I'm her mom. And sometimes other kids will say things like, well, are you her real mom? Or, well, no, I mean her real mom. No, I am her real mom. I am her mom. And her birth mom is her birth mom. And so we, with family or with friends, anybody, anytime someone says something about that, we correct them and say, "Nope, we're her mom, we're her family," and you may and 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 that's not to take away anything from her birth mom, absolutely not. But we are legally her parents, so <laughs> this is for life. We are her parents, so um, we just try to give education to other people around as well and tell them, you know, I know you don't mean harm in saying this, but terms matter and titles right. matter, and so just like you don't call you know, your husband, your fiance, once you're married, he's your husband, you don't say fiance anymore. So we give title where titles are due. And we respect those names. I always say to my kids, they'll joke around, say my name, like, Jen, and I'll be like, No, 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 no you call me mom. There are four people on this planet that get to call me mom. So you will never call me by my first name. (laughs) Like I am mother to you. And that is, I had to work hard to get some of those, that title. So,
0: right. It's very sweet. That's so sweet for her to hear too, that I'm possessive of you. I'm protective of you and I will claim you. (laughs) absolutely yes
1: yes and we do we say that often and i'll say it to even my biological kids that if ever i could line up all the kids in the world i would Uh search the whole world until i found this specific face because this is the face i love this is the one i love and and we say that to everybody and her included and often i will say to her i'm so glad that god gave us you we are so blessed that we get to be, be your parents and that our family gets to be blessed by you. And then she'll smile and be like, yeah, yeah, you are pretty lucky.
0: <laughs> She's uh-huh. a spicy one. so She's just so precious. And then you realize, oh, there's some fun spunk under there.
1: <laughs> oh, yes. There's a lot of spunk. Though she be li- but little, she is very fierce.
0: <laughs> yes. yes. Today. Today. One of my sons is playing like a wolf game with her or something. I know she loves to be an animal. And he went to claw her or something. And I said, oh, don't do that to her. And she looked at me and she said, I like it. (laughs) It's like, well, I don't know if your parents are going to like it if you come home with scratches all
1: over you. So, (laughs) Please stop. She's just a silly girl. And I just love it. I love it so much. There is a book that I wanted to recommend. As we talk about adoption, I especially it's it's hard because when we when we talk with a group of believers i feel very passionate and heavy hearted i would say because mm-hmm. believers are the ones that are supposed to be the adoptive ones like we mm-hmm. we know god's heart is after adoption and we are called to look after the widow and the orphan and so mm-hmm. this should be like Every believer should be having a heart for adoption. And that doesn't mean that every believer has to adopt, but I would say more believers should be adopting than what Mm -hmm. are. But if you don't feel like you're at the place where you could adopt, there is definitely things that you can be doing. And I would highly recommend this book called Help Her Be Brave by Amy Ford. Mm -hmm. And it says, discover your place in the pro-life movement. And I just really feel convicted that – Yes, I am all for voting rights and getting as many things as we can changed for the pro-life movement. Absolutely. But if anything else, drop the picket sign and go pick up a kid. Go love a mom. Mm-hmm. Go go, live out the body of Christ and the way that he wants you to love and care for that birth mom that's choosing life and that birth mom that chose life and help her with that kid that she did have because she didn't want to choose an abortion and now she is struggling and she needs help. And so if we as believers are going to demand and and require and exhort these women to choose life and absolutely we should we should the the unborn matter absolutely the sanctity of human life but it's not just the life of the little baby that matters but that birth mom matters as well and so we all as believers have to have to have to have some type of input and in involvement in someone who is having a hard pregnancy and how can we help them and this book gives a million different ways that you can be involved in a woman who is in need or a child's life and help them walk through so that they may not have to choose an abortion for their child. So it's, it's a great book.
0: Amen. Preach. Those are some powerful, powerful words. It's definitely not a far off command to obey. And it's not just a legislative issue. It's a love issue. I'm excited to look into that book and find some creative ways to get involved. I think sometimes it seems like if you can't do the huge thing of bringing a child into your home, what can you do? But you're right. There are definitely opportunities. What a great resource to recommend. Thank you.
1: It is. Mm -hmm. It is. God's heart is so for adoption and for the widows and the orphans. Other than the Lord adopting us and us into his royal kingdom, Mm -hmm. the world is not going to do that. If you ever research it and very few have ever adopted. And it's just so sad because the example from the world is it's not going to happen. It has to happen from believers who see God's call and God's heart behind this, that James 1.20 says that God in his holy habitat is to seek after widows and orphans. And, mm-hmm. and I include in that And I believe the heart of the Lord includes in that the orphan is someone who is fatherless as well as mother and fatherless. That we have a lot of kids out there who just don't have parents that know how to parent well and Mm -hmm. we're not parented. They've gone through the system. They've had trauma, all of that. Anytime that we can step out and help a woman in need to raise those children is God in his holy habitat. And it's amazing. Anytime that we've taken in foster kids and or hosted a little baby in his name, though it's hard and it's hard to say goodbye and it's demanding and it's always inconvenient, there is a sweetness about it as though I I liken it to that verse that says that we may be entertaining angels unaware. And Mm. there is just something about the Holy Spirit that fills this home. When we have a foster baby in it, there is a sweetness to that time that is unlike any other. And it's just a special, amazing thing to experience God in his holy habitat. So I would just encourage any woman that, or family that is out there that feels like they can't do this, they can't, they don't really know how to enter in, get this book, read it. There are a million different ways that you can enter in and some really cool ones too. She's a really creative lady and has started a really cool organization and gives lots of cool creative ideas. That's
0: fantastic. I've heard a couple of my friends doing foster care that have told me this is one of the few ways that your whole family can serve. It's a missional opportunity for your children to be involved in a way that they can't yet through so many other serving opportunities. One specifically they were doing stay families as well. And they've been really blessed financially. And they told me it was so eye-opening for their children to see, and it really enlightened their children. And help them become more grateful for their blessings through watching some of these really difficult situations. But I think it's such an incredible way to teach our children to serve and to love others and an opportunity for the whole family.
1: It is. It, it There's no other ministry where they, they have to share their home, their toy, their parents, their siblings, uh-huh. everything that's precious to a child. They have to share and they have to give up. And it shows them a little bit The hardness of this world, but in a human form and a loving, gentle way where they can see this, this is hard. And this is hard for this young baby or this, this little toddler, but we can love this one. And guess what? We can pray even after this one leaves our home, we can pray for him the rest of our lives and we get to love him for this little time in life. And so we're just going to pray over him as much as we can and bless him and bless his mom. And we're going to see what God does with this. And we're going to see someday when we get to heaven, we might be able to see that this prayer was answered because of our prayers or whatever it is. And we get to have a little bit of our time on earth. We get to see how God is going to use that in someone's life. And it is just, it's so sweet and so precious to be able to be involved in that.
0: How do you handle the emotions for yourself and for your children, for a child that you fostered that is now maybe returning to a situation that's not ideal? How have you handled that?
1: Yeah, that's hard. It's hard. It's gut-wrenching. We've had that a number of times. I felt like I would I would say I feel like I'm sending this sweet little lamb into a den of wolves. Like mm-hmm. it just it is so hard to trust that. So we pray a lot and we cast our burdens unto the Lord and we trust the Lord. And it's amazing how much foster care has shown me how little control we actually have in life. Mm-hmm. We think we have so much control. We think we have If we have all our ducks in order and we have enough money and we have enough of whatever that we can control so much. And in some ways, maybe, but really we're not in control and the Lord can, is sovereign in all of that. He is taking just as much care of those little foster kids that leave this home that I feel like, oh, apart from us, he's never going to make it. And he Mm -hmm. says, but you're not trusting me and so it's hard and we cry and we mm-hmm. we we grieve every single baby who has left this home every single child who has left this home our kids cry over and it's hard. And, but we say, we're going to take our pain to the Lord and he's going to heal us and he's going to help us. And we quote the verse that says, we have everything we need for life and godliness. So Mm. God's given us everything we need for this. We can handle this. We, he will heal our hearts and he will help this child and he is sovereign and his protection goes well beyond us. He does not need us to protect this child or to grow up this child in the way that they should go. And so we just got to be a little bit of this person's story. And we get so blessed to be able to do that. And we're going to trust that the Lord will continue to complete the work that he started in this kid's life and that we just get the joy of praying for them the rest of their lives. And it's a really special thing to, when you know someone and they've been in your home and you've cared for them, you pray way differently than somebody you just walk by on the road and, or on the street and see. So when you've invested in someone, your prayers are different. Oh, that's an excellent heart check. I think great for
0: every parenting situation. You know, sometimes I think we can fall into the trap that when our children leave our presence, they're not as safe right now because I'm not with them. But we need to trust in the Lord's sovereignty and that it's him who watches over them. And it's very easy to fall into that fallacy that, that it's us that protects them. So that is a great reminder that I I can see how you would need to keep that absolutely at the forefront as you continue to be prayerful and faithful over those children.
1: Yeah. Wow. We had one who was with us when he was three years old. He turned three in our home. He was with us for three months. And to this day, he is 18 and he can still tell me a little like jingle that I would say, <laughs> I would say, your life is, you're going to go to school, go to college, get a job, get married, have kids. I was like, in that order. You mess up the order, it doesn't work. You got to do it that order. <laughs> and I'd say, say it back to me. And he'd say, go to school, go to college. And he is 18, and he still remembers that. And he will call me Mama Jen. And he it will, the last time that we saw him and he was in our home, he was so, he used to always want to sit on my lap and say, Tell me about when I was with you. Tell me about when I was with you. And I'd read him the book that I had made for him. And, but then the last time that he was in our home, he is so huge that I sat on his lap. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you are a grown man now. And it's just so sweet, though, to be able to know like he was three and he was here for three months and the Lord was so faithful to help him remember these things. And, and I would just, Encourage Even if you're holding a baby and you're rocking a baby, yes, that baby's not going to remember that, but the heart knows it's being loved. And there's this is a really cool thing. In the hospital, when I would hold Kaylee, her heart rate would go from a certain heart rate down to a lower one when I would hold her. And it did not do that for anybody else when they would hold her, the different nurses, whatever. But when I held her, her heart rate went down. And I I was like, I love Aww. that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for letting yes. me see that. And so I just think those little babies, they know that and those prayers, mm-hmm. those prayers are outside of time. The Lord, He uses all of that. And so just holding and rocking and loving a newborn that's that's mighty spiritual holy ground right there. I just love yes. that. Yes. And I think we've
0: probably all heard stories where it went beautifully adoption and stories where it was a really painful experience. And I I have several of those in my own family. But I think the unconditional love is still so beautifully displayed Mm -hmm. when it doesn't go exactly how we plan, but we still love and sacrifice for another human being. I think that speaks volumes to our Everyone else in our family volumes to the watching world, and it transforms our heart in the process. Yeah. This isn't about necessarily picking the cutest face and bringing it into your home and then it being such an easy process. Many times it is a difficult process of caring for the trauma that they experienced before they came to you or even brain damage or disabilities. Yep. There's so much that goes with it. But God's heart is still for it. It's His heart is for every human life, and honoring that,
1: absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and yes, you're right because you're bringing in a whole host of generational sin that's different mm-hmm. than your own. And mm-hmm. we like to we're comfortable with our own. We're used to our own. We know what it yes. looks like. We know how to manipulate it and to be okay with it. Sometimes, sadly, but other people's sins that's new. That's different, mm-hmm. and so it it's it is. There's you're you're dealing with sinful beings, and I just always remind myself and and anyone who says, "Oh, I just don't know if I could adopt because you just don't know what you're going to get, girlfriend." You don't know what you're getting when you give birth to that baby. <laughs> <Absolutely>, <laughs> you do not right. know. <laughs> we are not guaranteed anything in life, and so yeah. we just trust the Lord and. And we bring all things back to him and know that he uses all things for his glory and for his good. And so when those moments of doubt or question or worry come in, you do what you do. You take it to the Lord, you lay it at his feet and you pray about it and you do the next right thing. And you just Mm -hmm. do whatever you feel called to do in the next moment. I had one friend who is so sweet, but (laughs) saw me sharing Ice cream with one of the foster babies that we had, and and I didn't even think twice of it. I took a lick of the ice cream cone and I handed it to the kid, and they took a lick. And she's, oh my gosh, I don't know how you're doing that. And that's somebody else's spit. And I was like, eh. When they're in your home, they feel like your family. I had this baby for months. I'm Aww. I'm I'm sharing everything with this kid. Like they become his spit's my spit. But it's like <laughs> they they become your own. You love them well, and and I just feel like. It, you just don't. You, there's no separation in my mind. Mm-hmm. There's no separation. If you're in this home and we and we are in charge of you and we are your foster parents or we are your adoptive parents, whatever, we're gonna treat you like you're our own and, and line up. You're getting <laughs> you're getting the same <laughs> as everybody else. Ah,
0: <laughs> I love that. Loving without barrier or boundary. That's so sweet. It was so so good to hear this story in such detail. I know I've heard it before, but never this thoroughly. And it was such a blessing to me, Jen. So thank you for taking the time to share it. It's inspiring to see how relentless you were in serving without guarantee. I think it's an incredible display of the gospel. Even when you didn't specifically say scripture, your life was showing it. And it was such an impactful testimony. Thanks again for listening. If you've been blessed by our podcast, please head over and leave a review or share it with your friends or do both. We really appreciate you helping us spread the word. We're here to serve you. We know you're busy, Mama, so we are truly grateful you joined us for this episode of Again. If you're looking for more information about building your home on the foundation of Jesus Christ, head to www.entrustedministries.com to learn more about our study for moms, Entrusted with a Child's Heart. This scripture-saturated study has blessed families around the world, and we want it for you, too. Before you go, I want to pray this benediction over you from 2 Thessalonians one 11 through 11-12. We're rooting for you. To this end, we always pray for you, that our God may make you worthy of His calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by His power, so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you, and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Until we meet again.